Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Custard TV podcast. It is me once again, Matt, two very distinguished guests. In the West Midlands, we have Sarah Kennedy. How are you, Sarah? Brilliant. I don't think I've ever been described as a distinguished guest before. You're going to inflate this already massive ego. Queen of the podcast, (laughs) as we established. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'll take that. And we were trying to work out when the last time they were on a regular show was. But you heard his voice at Christmas and you're hearing his voice once again. You know, it's our old friend, Gary. How are you, Gary? Less, less of the old you. I prefer to be called distinguished as well. Do you mind? So, you were both described as distinguished. True, yeah. yeah, but I got added old. You know, which is Classic voice vintage. of the podcast. Vintage. Classic voice of the... Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. It's, it's lovely to see you and hear you both again. It was really nice. Aww. Happy New Year, Gary. Gosh, I mean, it's already February. Where the hell is this year going? It's the middle of February, guys. I mean, as long as it's heading towards payday, that's fine. But yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I get paid in the middle of the month. Oh, My payday's like the 16th. Oh, wow. Mine's not till the 24th. (laughs) And Sarah, when's yours? Let's just get all the pay. Oh, it's weird. It's arbitrary. It makes no sense. The second day after the last day of the working month, if the full moon is ascendant and in Aries. <laughs> I mean, I work for a very old university, so basically January was 74 years long. The Illuminati decide, do they? Basically, yeah. The, okay. the brummy Illuminati. <laughs> this could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Uh, before we started today's podcast, Gary, he had some, some banter, some... The hard drive is empty. Not a euphemism. Is that because the police have been round? <laughs> no, no. It... <laughs> hey, I, were, I am the police now, so, He's, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. If Matt came round, I would be worried. Uh <laughs> I have nothing left saved on my hard drive. So all the series that I had saved up from like the last year, I either started and watched or started and went, nah, I can't be bothered. And unfortunately, it was mostly the latter. So I. So your TV uh, inbox is clear. Yeah. So the yeah, only thing on it cool. was, was The Apprentice from Thursday, which I finished watching about an hour ago. I've been watching this series sporadically, but the candidate with the surname Donnelly has been chucked off because they were drinking on the plane on the way to Dubai yeah, and he... couldn't be in Dubai because they had too much alcohol. So, yeah, well, it was so hilarious. my my uh, relatives doing really well there, representing yeah, the, the family he, name. Thank he, you. He was on the opening when they said, oh, we're going to go to Dubai. 
And then all of a sudden it cut to Dubai and he's not there, but they didn't say anything until they got to the boardroom. So it was a bit, it was a bit bizarre. Everyone was kind of going, well, where is he? You know? Well, let's go to our segment now, the what have we been watching this week segment. Gary, what was on the hard drive that you did finish? Oh, then I might have to go and look at the deleted items while you are Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarah, what about you? I saw on Twitter Extraordinary was one uh, that you were I've finished it and I am bereft. I'm also delighted that they've been commissioned for a second series already. And I really hope that Disney Plus is the sort of company that stands by their word, where some of their leading competitors might not. Yeah, it was so good and just so funny but also warm and you cared about the characters and they were all individuals and it was crazy. There was slapstick in there as well. It's something for everybody. Really, really loved it. Yeah, I've seen quite a lot of like the people who've written for the podcast. I know Milo was a big fan, Dawn as well. Um, and I, I just uh, re-signed up to Disney Plus, so I will be watching that. I believe that's a, a Hulu show in the in the Hulu. States. Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> What did you think to the final Happy Valley? Uh, I might have written my views elsewhere on a different oh. website. Preview? <laughs> Whynow.co.uk. It was great. Really liked it. And I really liked how none of the sort of muck diving conspiracies that we'd all thought of on the internet came true. I think the worst you could say about people, obviously, except Tommy Lee Royce, was that sometimes people are a bit shit and they do stupid things. And that's great. There was no overarching conspiracy. You know, there was no guns blazing. You know, it wasn't like line of duty. It was just real. And I really liked that. I really appreciated that. And I also think that Sally Wainwright is terrific because I think she was on Newsnight at the start of last week. And she was drawn on whether, oh, you know, will there be another series? Will there be a spin-off? And she just went, no. I said everything I wanted to, done everything I wanted to. That credibility is so hard to find, especially when you've had a really popular series where people just want more, but she wants to go out on a high and she knew exactly where it was going to end. I really respect that. And I think she has that name value that she's not beholden to, you know, executives like her, Russell T. Davis, you know, they've had this reputation that they can decide. And I'm sure anyone will be open to to commissioning her i've seen, i saw her speak at edinburgh one year and the thing she really wanted to do was a female-led robin hood but they never they never gave her that so you never know gary deleted items yeah i couldn't find it but i know that i started watching boston legal again this week um Ooh. i keep seeing clips of it on things and thinking oh i never really did give that a good go the problem is the very first season because it's david e kelly it's so much like a lot of his other stuff but I think it takes a while to settle down. And I know that later series, it focuses much more on James Spader and um, James T. Kirk, uh, <laughs> William Chatner. But the early series have got such a huge yeah. cast. It, it Most of, of them who leave after that first season, I think, yeah. like because they bring in um, Candice Bergen, Julie Bowen, the other man from Star Trek who's in it. Oh, um, um, yes. Odder. Rene Abidjan oh, or something. Yeah. I was a big Boston legal fan, but I don't think I ever finished it, the final season. I don't think I ever finished. Yeah, so I'm giving that a go. That's my sort of tea time show. Your tea show. Um, Anything else? Not really. Well, the the, the collection of quizzes. I'm still Mastermind Only Connect and um, University Challenge on a Monday. Me too. Uh, Apart from that, no, just bits and bobs. uh, Endor is probably next. 
Andor. We meant um, Andor. Andor's where the Ewoks live. I'm getting me some. I'm getting me <laughs> that will most likely be next, uh, probably after this podcast at some point. I'm the same, really, Gary. Quizzes. Uh, Great British Menu's back. Have you been watching that? You're not a fan? I know you I've like MasterChef. I've got cooking problems, I think. I, I didn't bother with the last series of MasterChef either, so... A great British menu time. is just look at this food because it's nothing that you'll ever be able to create. Yeah. It's, it's all based around British animation and illustration this year. So you had, like, you know, Wallace and Gromit type stuff. Someone did a James and the Giant Peach. And I enjoy it now that, like, it's Tom Carriage and Ed Gamble are the judges, so... It's just like comfort TV when you get home from work, isn't it? You want something like that, but I, I, yeah, I think and I think that's the thing. Depending on what time of day that is for you these days, there is a there is a better choice of stuff, kind of tea time or wind down program, as I think mm. you're saying that is. Let's just quickly do the plugs, which shouldn't take too long because I don't think Gary's got anything to plug. Have you? No. 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 It's, it, it just ignore. Does she bath? Yeah. It's <laughs> bath and it's sink. <laughs> And Sarah, you you mentioned it already, but That's yeah, right, where, yeah, where can we find your full review of the final episode of Happy Valley? My full review is at whynow.co.uk, along with all the stuff that you should put on your watch list that you might have missed in January. And on the Custard TV um, at the moment, the brilliant Coming Soon and TV This Week section, which I update every week. Uh, they're, Thank they're you. <laughs> you keep me organised. I would point you towards Elaine's article on uh, the BBC Four Top of the Pops repeats, which is another uh, go-to for me. We're in 1994 at the moment. The years of things can only get better. and We're right in with The Shaman probably then about then, aren't we? Is that no, you, The Shaman's like 92. We're a sort of... Oh, uh... oh, no, but we're talking later Shaman, you know. <laughs> I love your points of reference, Gary. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But yeah, Elaine's article, very, very good. Also, I will put you towards our review of Happy Valley's final episode that Luke wrote. Um, and there's also a um, a piece about the third episode of The Last of Us, which I know Sarah enjoyed as well, because you, you mentioned that on Twitter. Gary, going to watch The Last of Us at all? That feels like something that would be on us. Um, well... Not really. And the problem was I did actually stick a, a series record and then episode one got deleted on my Skype. No. So I thought, well, I'll wait until it sort of comes out more. You know, I probably will go back to it. Mm. I do know the game. It's not a game I've played, but I'm aware of it. Um, and it is, as you say, had good reviews, but I'm not something I'm going to worry about right now. I think it will be up your street. I think it's a yeah. Gary type show. So that's what's on the website. And the podcast is basically released every week. We are um, we're coming up on 400 episodes, which is crazy. You can rate, review and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you would like to uh, be part of the podcast or the website, you can contact us on Twitter at Custard TV Pod, at Matt's TV Bites, at Luke Custard TV, Custard TV Reviews at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Instagram, it's the Custard TV, and you can search us on Facebook. So you can contact us in all of the ways. No TikTok account yet, Matt. What's going on? No TikTok, no. No, no TikTok. No, no. The only thing that Very TikTok is here is the clock. Yeah, that was such a dad joke. Kajoka, <laughs> let's get started uh, with the reviews. And we are going to start. We've got two big uh, BBC crime dramas, I think, to hopefully plug the Happy Valley gap. That's what the BBC is hoping. First of all, we've got a, a true crime drama based on the Brinks map robbery from 1983. 
It's called the gold, and Gary is going to set this one up for us. So this does take the uh, Happy Valley slot on Sunday night, as you mentioned, at nine o'clock. And as uh, as you quite rightly said, although this is a drama, it is very much based on the Brinks Mat robbery of 1983, when I was a mere nine years old. Yes, I was even cuter then. I was four months old. Wow. So I was one. one. I'm old. This is written and adapted by Neil Forsyth, who previously did a program called Guilt, which I'm not particularly aware of. Scottish crime drama and did star Emin Elliot, who's one of the police officers oh, in this. So the main starring actor in this one that you'll be familiar with is Hugh Bonneville. He plays DCI Royce. Obviously, he's been in Downton Abbey. Boyce, Happy- Boyce, Gary, Boyce. I think it's Royce, isn't it? <laughs> Wouldn't be me if I didn't get a name wrong. <laughs> Also starring in this is Jack Loudon. Um, he was in Slow Horses. He plays well-known criminal Kenneth Noy, who pops up a little bit. And Dominic Noy, Cooper, Kenneth Noy. I said Kenneth Noy. Oh, I thought you said Roy. And Dominic Cooper, imaginatively called Mr. Cooper. Also, as mentioned, you have Emin Elliott and Stefani Martini, who play two of the Flying Squad detectives. Um, Sorry, Gary, I'm going to have to stop you again there. What? It's Charlotte Spencer who plays the other Well, who's Stephanie detective. Martini, then? I think Kenneth Noy's partner. Oh, well, well. <laughs> OK. The history is that six armed men steal £26 million worth of gold from the Brinks Map security lockup in Heathrow. They got lucky. They were actually there to get foreign currency and ended up with the biggest amount of gold ever stolen at the time in the world and still in the UN. DCI Brian Boyce, and you're right, I've written Boyce later down. I do apologise, Matt. He's brought in to investigate. It originally goes to the Flying Squad, which is not a term you hear that much now, but if you lived in the 80s, you would have heard of the Sweeney, who were part of the Flying Squad. And it's similar to a lot of like the investigation side of it that you would get now, your plainclothes policeman. And those two detectives, they pick up the case, they start to work it. But DCI Boyce has been brought in to kind of bring a close to it. He starts up a special investigation unit that they get kind of seconded to very quickly after showing some interesting insights about their original investigation. We don't get an awful lot of history about the six people that carry out. And in fact, you start to lose them very quickly as part of what we see. Basically, what you're looking at is them having to realise they need to fence or get rid of this gold or turn it into cash in order to make any money in it. It's so much that they reckon that there is not an amount of gold in the UK that doesn't have a bit of Brinks mat in it. Mr Cooper, played by Mr Cooper, is a lawyer and he defends kind of slightly corrupt police officers and gets them off. And he's being brought in at the moment because he has connections. He's interested in working in some property development, what becomes, I assume, the Docklands in East London. But most of this is centred around South East London, despite the fact that crime took place in Heathrow. Most of this centres around Rotherhithe and Southwark in South East London. There's a bit of insider dealing. One of the security guards is possibly related to a high-end criminal and has some dodgy dealings. So they think possibly there was an inside job. You don't get an awful lot in the first episode of actual sort of real criminal work. You get a little bit of interviewing some people on the low level. Hugh Bonneville's character seems to know the criminals in London very, very well. One of the good scenes that I thought was him just sitting in a car with the two detectives going, oh, it could be Jimmy Fraser or it could be, you know, Hans McGee. And then sort of knocking them off like, you know, if there was a whiteboard, he'd be locking them off the whiteboard. But this is 1983. 
a bit of 1983 music, bit of the Pretenders in there early on, and you do get smoking in police offices and in all offices, something that might take people back, but I actually am old enough to remember somebody smoking in an office I worked in, but not in 1983 when I was nine. You don't get an awful lot to attach to character-wise. Mm. You're more sort of on the side of the police officers at this point because you really haven't got any connection to the six. One of the local fences that they use, he's quite prominent. And, you know, you don't get an awful lot in the first episode to hang your hat on. Sarah, what did you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on a lot of that. I really wanted to like this. And the cast is incredible. I thought that Kenny the Fence, which I just want to call him Kenny the Fence because it sounds more (laughs) more gangstery. A lovely bit of face acting from Jack Loudon there, who's like almost unrecognisable from Slow Horses, you know, because this guy is competent, he's savvy, people underestimate him, but he's really good at what he does, which is, you know, the opposite of River Cartwright in Slow Horses. It was a little bit difficult to figure out what was going on and who people were. And it felt like this was four or five different sketches that were sort of being presented to you. It didn't really Mm. come together as a whole. I think maybe until the end when you realise that Cooper is going to be the linchpin, really, for cleaning this dirty money. I thought that seeing someone um, in their garden shed adding impurities to the gold was just bizarre. And the wife, does she say... Don't go burning down the house. And then he pops around the back to manipulate this gold bar to make it look less precious than it actually is. When he goes to sell that, I thought that was quite interesting because the bloke who he's selling it to, does he say something about gold prices have gone up 20% just because that 26 million has vanished? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It's absolutely staggering the effect that this would have had. It did seem to be quite easy for people to steal three tonnes of gold bullion, though, you know? (laughs) It it moved around a bit. (laughs) And I think that's got to be pretty heavy. Um, I really liked the stuff with the cops. I thought those two were great together. I really like Charlotte Spencer. Um, She was fantastic in Glue back in the day on Channel 4. She is unusual because in 83, she's a female detective. Someone rings the flying squad and asks to speak to a detective. And she goes to speaking to one. Um, and I liked Tony as well uh, and how he's featuring Mike Wozniak's moustache. <laughs> they work together excellently as a team. And then you've got Steve Bonneville stalking around in the background who actually sounds like he's too posh to know all of these criminals, but he's been working against them for 20 years. Um, he's going to find out who stole those marmalade sandwiches. Um, <laughs> And I thought it was really interesting the way they shot it because the only brightness is the gold reflected in people's faces. And it reminded me of the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Mm. <laughs> Never did find out what was in there, did we? Did. I reckon it was oft gold bullion from the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from, uh, from the Briggs Matt. Matt, I mean, as I've seen, Sarah and I, we've all talked about the fact that we're far too young to have remembered this, but it's something that's in the, the consciousness. What did you think of the actual show? I mean, I've heard of the Brinks Matt, and obviously, uh, Sarah, you do remember we reviewed The Curse last year, which was sort of yeah. tenuously based on this as well. What you were saying, Gary, is true that the actual robbers are secondary in this, and I think the fact it's called The Gold it is about the journey of the gold and what happens afterwards, and the police officers being one step behind this gold being, you know, moved and melted down and sold on and what have you and I think this first episode is definitely an establishing episode where you're getting all the jigsaw pieces 
put together so by the end you get these disparate characters all sort of fitting together and learning what their role will be going forward i agree with you both the police officers the the sort of the central three really strike from the word go i think the chemistry between hugh bonneville emin elliott and charlotte spencer absolutely brilliant but yeah i think she's brilliant here she's very much a, a composite character of a lot of female detectives from that time but they've given her this backstory of how she's come from criminal upbringings knows mm. the criminals but has risen from that world Emma Elliott character who is very much one of these I want to have a drink at lunchtime and there's that joke about him being out of shape when they're doing the chase and oh yeah that was quite funny Hugh Bonneville absolutely brilliant I was reading an interview with him and he actually spent some time with the real life boys who's still alive who's in his 80s now so he's probably got that character down I think the first scene that really sort of got me was the scene where he's interviewing the security guard and as you mentioned Gary that scene where he's going through all who the ringleader can be and it's that Mickey McAvoy and I think that scene at the end where Mickey's on the phone with Jack Loudon's character Noi you know they're having that conversation about the king and I, I think one of the things here and I think I would say with better as well some of the dialogue is a little bit too cute some of the monologues that the the characters deliver these long speeches that I don't feel sort of hang together. No, Do you know the, what I mean? Do you agree? It's very much, all right, we're going to give you a bit of the plot. We're going to give you a bit of the excitement. And now we're going to do a speech about society. Yeah. yeah. Which, as you say, in real life would never happen. Yeah. But and I think. And, and I suppose that's the thing, because we're basing this on real events. The only thing we don't have any record of is the dialogue that happened. Mm. The authenticity, I think, comes through more with the sort of the cops and robbers element of it than it yeah. does possibly with these characters. I really like seeing um, Sean Harris, who played Gordon Parry, this sort of scuzzy go-between guy, the one who sort of set up that meeting between Noy the guy and in the mask. Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't quite sure what what he meant. Yeah. When... You... He said, up in a jacket and he was like, come to my back. club and wear a jacket yeah, yeah. that, that very feels like a very gary thing to do i don't <laughs> gary would do it on purpose i, I just thought yeah. that that was a very indiscreet conversation because i know that a private members club is heavy on the private but they basically mentioned the name of the highest three or four times in the like the common room <laughs> but, but to be fair in those sort of places it's all on the inside nothing ever stays in the club you know yeah stays, mm-hmm. what happens in the club stays in the club this seems to be going on life experience. It's not, not a lot, not a life I know much about. <laughs> I don't know whether I'll keep watching. Is the honest answer, mm-hmm. and I'd love to know what you think. I feel I've learned enough about it. I mean, it was a historical thing. I feel I learned a little bit more than I already knew in the first episode, mm. and I don't feel that invested because they're not chasing people; they're mm. chasing an inanimate object. I just don't know how much I care about that. The only thing they could have done was perhaps make a bit more of the emphasis on how important the gold was. You know, they could have had an instant scene where, you know, I don't know, the, the owner of the gold came about and, the, you know, or maybe, you know, some of the investors or there could have been a little bit more about where it came from to show how much, it, you know, the, the difference. They didn't build it up enough to really how big it was. There was a lot of homework at the beginning. There was a lot of reading to be done. And I was like, oh, am I watching the end of the programme? That was quite ballsy and I will continue watching because I think that the performances are great the characters are interesting but I wonder if this is enough for Sunday night viewers I'm not sure that it is it's a great 
in principle, but I'm not sure how interesting it is for people to keep watching. And that that is my concern. What do you reckon, Matt? And this is all available after the first episode airs. So it is box oh, set on that is a shame because how are you going to have word of mouth? But I don't feel that you need to do that with a real life story because the story is already out there. You can do that when you've got like a happy value or a line of duty where mm. you don't know what's coming next. If people are interested, they'll just hop onto Wikipedia. And like with The Crown, yeah. when people are fact-checking The Crown for themselves. I, I remember doing that with the Canoe Guy episode that we watched. And I'm thinking, if yeah. I need to know more about this, I'll just jump on, on Wikipedia. But in a way, I can sort of see why in this case, because... As we've said, this episode is all about introducing the characters and their connections. So I think now the ball has started rolling, what will happen next? Maybe it would be worth maybe just having the second episode on or do it over two nights, perhaps. But I think it is very rare that we get something now like Happy Valley where they let the creators have that, where they can say, I don't want it all, you know, streaming and... Maybe you have to be a Sally Wainwright or a Russell T Davis, so you've got that currency to to actually say, believe yeah. me, it's fine. But yeah, I don't think you can, as Gary said, do a what's going to happen next with this sort of program because it is a trick. So I can sort of see why this one is being box setted, but obviously it's not going to have the same cachet as as a show that goes out weekly. And I was looking yeah. at the viewing figures for some things last night and everything that gets big viewing figures is stuff that's not available as a box set because it's, yeah, you know, it? it's what you want. If you want that audience who's watching linearly or you want the elusive 18 to 34 demographic that primarily watch or they think primarily watches stuff on online. But I'm not going to prioritise it, but this was a solid drama. Solid gold. <laughs> solid gold. Yay. I like this and as I say the three performances from those officers as you mentioned Jack Loudon completely different here from Slow Horses I think he's an excellent actor who everything I've seen him in he's different in so chameleon-esque you know how I've got face blindness honestly Mm. it took me three or four scenes to go that's definitely him it looks like him him?" you don't recognize him unless Gary Oldman's having a go at him that's yeah. right, yeah. So that's the gold that will be airing at nine o'clock on Sundays on BBC One. But as Matt quite rightly says, after that first episode, you get everything on the iPlayer. And also, probably if you pay £800,000 to a former Prime Minister. A little inside BBC joke there that Matt will, that Luke will most likely cut out. <laughs> OK. You know, satire when Gary comes yeah. on, I feel like I'm on talk TV or GB oh, News please. or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Please. We can do better than that, lads. Come on. Let's leave the politics behind. Let's continue with the drama. A new BBC drama for Monday nights now. Again, all on the iPlayer. It's better. And it is Sarah Kennedy who's going to set this one up for us. So as Ted Hastings famously never said, there's only one thing I'm interested in, and that's watching Bent Coppers. So this is... um. Uh, oh, a slow Sorry, clap. Sorry, slow clap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So this show is all about a relationship between a lady called Lou and a guy called Cole. And they seem to be really good friends who have each other's back. Layla Farzad, BAFTA nominated from I Hate Susie, plays Lou Slack. She's a detective inspector in organised crime in both senses of the word. She's been helped out financially early in her career when she was in danger of going bankrupt by Cole McHugh who is very good as a bad guy. I really enjoyed Andrew Buchan in this. He was kind, generous, loyal, funny. 
just the right amount of sinister as this guy in charge of organised crime and drugs in Leeds. Irish accent? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to take opinion on this. I thought it was fine, but I have I don't have a great ear for accents. Yeah, I mean, I, I just felt this was very sort of accent heavy because obviously yeah. Leila Fazad is from London doing a Yorkshire accent and then you had Andrew Buchan, who I'm assuming is from the South. I was just going to look yeah. it up. Is he from Stockport or somewhere? Is he the guy who should have the northern accent? <laughs> he was very southern in... Um, I was just thinking Stockport. all the time, this feels like a role that Asian Gillen was offered. And yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Absolutely does. So... You're right, uh, Stockport, Andrew Buchan. I did look yeah. it up earlier and then forgot and then remembered. <laughs> Lou has a career, family life, and she's very, very busy being a bent copper as well. Um, her husband knows what she's up to to some extent, which I thought was a really interesting dynamic. She's at Cole's beck and call. Within the first 10 minutes, we see her cut short her evening, go off somewhere in a car, sneaks into this pub that's been used as uh, a drug den. And she basically steps over a dying man to retrieve a gun because Cole sent her there to do it. I quite like the touch that she re-gifts it wrapped in a literal bow at a party. <laughs> but this strongly suggests that this is one of the worst things she's done for him. She's uncomfortable about it, but also she's very happy with her ginormous house and wonderful kitchen. She's got a very funny teenage son, Owen. I really liked him. I really thought that the dynamic between Col and Lou was genuine in this. They did seem like old mates sharing a cigarette outside the house where no one could spot that they were smoking. They hug and kiss each other in a way that looks really familiar. So Col is kind of her support network when her son Owen gets meningitis. Her and her husband both blame each other for not being there. She's, of course, been involved in the... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. Dirty business while he was getting poorly. So, I mean, it's uh, not subtle, but where better comes from is that if he survives, she promises to do better and be better. She conflates the dying lad on the floor and her boy in her head. There's grief and guilt and stuff and all that going on. Cole, meanwhile, spends the majority of this episode rolling his eyes at idiot underlings. There's a nice bit of humour at the end when the gun gets reused. This lad's in trouble. Lou swaps herself for a hostage. And the hostage is great also. She says, I'm not a hostage, I'm his cousin. Uh, There's some ridiculously silly moments in this. They're definitely going for sort of that down-to-earth, northern, Happy Valley humour. But I didn't mind that at all. I thought it was very watchable. Um, and I, I don't actually know where the story's going. I think that's really good. I do think that plopping it onto the iPlayer is a bit of a waste. It could have been another show that people were talking about, especially people who are desperate for something, you know, with a strong female lead to watch after Happy Valley. 
And I thought one of the really standout things about it was the weird static on the soundtrack that actually made me jump a few times. I think they play with tension really well. So I'm here for it. I enjoyed it. What did you guys think? I wasn't sure about this one. I would go to the dialogue, which I thought was a little bit too overly cute. The humour that they tried to... It it felt that it didn't really fit. I really like that opening scene where she has to go from all these posh mums that she's talking about like a a raffle with and and her husband's looking really uncomfortable. And then, as you say, that scene is really tense and dialogueless and you don't quite know where it's going. I think the scene where she then gets pulled over and it's, oh, D.I. Slack, it's you. Most of us know what the show's about already. So I don't know. That felt a little bit clunky. Oh, I that think... was classic TV moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't possibly stop you, Governor, because you're mm. obviously legit because you're senior than me. Yeah. When I really felt it was, as you mentioned, that scene at the end, the guy, Noel, who's used this gun to knock over a post office, <laughs> done quite a lot of damage to the elderly Indian, were they, or Pakistani lady who was manning the bureau counter at the time. And, you know, I think that triggers Lou in a way, seeing that mark on her face. And that felt really real to me. But then the next scene where she swaps herself for the hostage and then they have this dialogue about his dogs called Kiwi and Kiwi fruit has more vitamin C than oranges. And I'm like, the dialogue really took me out of it, as well as the accents a little bit. I know that's sort of maybe a personal thing. Are these actors right for these roles? I can sort of see why people would enjoy it, but I don't think it will be one that I will be continuing with. You know, I really like Leila Fazad and I liked her in I Hate Susie. There was a barrier, I think, for me from enjoying it fully. And I think maybe it was the dialogue. I didn't like it. And I think I think some of it goes to what you both have said about dialogue. The worst scene in it that was just so unbelievable was the scene where she goes in and offers herself up as the substitute hostage. Because before then, the guys on the outside are shouting through the door, not that loudly, come out, come out. And then they have a full-blown, loud, shouting, inappropriate conversation where they reveal the fact that they know each other and they're in collusion. And there's not even a... And I know they're doing it because you don't want to do that whispered, but then go into another room. Make it believable (laughs) for your audience that... There are people on the other side of that door who aren't aware that you're in on it. And to me, there were lots of little things that they tried to do. Like at one point, Cole McHugh turns up at the hospital where they're waiting for news. And he says, and then they go, oh, you go away. You you can't be seen here. And then they have these little clandestine meetings in a, in a very posh restaurant. But then to me, I, you know, you know, you say you don't know where the show is going. To me, I think they gave some big hints. Cole McHugh's picture is on the big head of the crime organisation picture on the wall. So clearly to me, what's going to happen is he's obviously going to be the focus of the attention of the department and she's going to have to nick him eventually. And and, and that's why I'm not that interested in in watching it because I kind of feel like I already know where it's going to go. And I've got not much interest in the characters. There are some interesting performances. I think her husband is an interesting character. He does come across as that emotionally worn down husband. You know, I know what my wife does there's nothing I can say about it. There's nothing I can do about it. And, yeah, I quite enjoy my life, you know, as you say, like she does. I would have played on the Leeds thing a lot more. They mention it once and then there's not a lot apart from the accents. You know, I would have centred the incident 
And I agree with you about what you said about the fact I would have mentioned her being a police officer a lot earlier than they did. She was just like, oh, it's you, D.I. Slack, which, mm. by the way, is a terrible name for a police it's officer. It's a really bad Lo- name, isn't loose it? Loose Slack as well. It's, it almost yeah. sounds like you, it's like a loose Slack, you know, yeah. if you put it together. I'm not going to watch any more of this if I'm perfectly honest. No, I, I agree with Sarah. I did like the family stuff. I think that's probably the strong and and the actor playing yeah. the son I thought was very good. You know, as you say, when he gets the viral meningitis and then struggling he to, he didn't half recover quick though. There was a bit of a time jump, wasn't there, between yeah. this is going to be a long path to him suddenly walking. I think it was it was a bit of a bad way of showing you that actually this had been weeks, but yeah. yeah. The doctors did make it sound like it was going to be a process over years and already he's starting his physical therapy. I could see what they were going for, but I just don't... I, I think it, again, is lesser than the sum of its parts, which is a shame. Mm. And I think it will get lost as another box set. But you'll yeah. continue, Sarah. Of the three I will continue, yeah. And I just wanted to say how impressed I was that Leia's really good at this. I thought she did well with what amounts to a bit of sort of clunky dialogue that mm. might be sort of a bit fun when it should be serious but it's it's great to see um a female iranian british actress in a in a lead role i think that is a good thing and that but i just wish it was a bit better yeah and that is going to be good. used in a lot Should of the reviews. You your slow clap now. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, with a name like that, I can see that being used in a lot of the reviews as well. That's that's the thing yeah. about using a, a word like that. You know, any any sort of puns. I just think this will, unfortunately, maybe sort of sink without a trace a little bit. But I might be wrong and, and people might. And, and Sarah can report back to us and yeah. tell us we're all wrong. Monday nights on BBC One and, as we said, all on the iPlayer. We move now to our favourite streaming service, which is ITVX, which we, we seem to talk about. Sorry, Gary, I just did. Yeah, it's just not did very the good X for the, the audio listeners, but Gary did a very, the X Factor yeah. sort of sign, didn't you? Sarah always seems to be on when we're talking about ITVX shows. I don't quite know what I don't that's know about. what I've done in a former life, but no. damn, I regret you've not, it. You've not, you've not been kind enough to Matt's favourite Channel 5 dramas, you see. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weird one because sometimes I will watch Celebrity Catchphrase on a Saturday night and that six to seven slot on ITVs on the weekends... They don't show adverts, they just show promos for ITV shows and stuff, and it's a lot for ITVX. But I just don't think, we say this every time we talk about ITVX, there's not a lot of people actually know what it is or what it's about. You still can't get it through your SkyQ box, Gary, if you wanted to stream it. It's only on, like, your computer and things like that. And I think a lot of the dramas that have been on there are getting lost. I mean, we talked about Nolly the other week, and that they are still promoting quite hard because this is a Russell T Davies show with Helena Bonham Carter, which I, I wish Sarah was on the show for because I would have liked your view on all the Brummie accents in that. During those promos, The Twelve, uh, which is an Australian drama, I didn't see any promotion for at all. But this is going to be on uh, from this Thursday. As I said, Australian drama, but it's based on a Belgian drama, which is also you can watch on uh, Walter Presents now on Channel 4 should you want to compare and contrast. Surrounds the trial of a lady called Kate. She's accused of murdering her 14-year-old niece, Claire. This is almost like a trial by media case. Claire's body has never been found, but Kate has been sort of targeted as the prime suspect. We learn that she uh, took some provocative photos of Claire. 
prosecution's arguing that Kate dumped Claire's body into Sydney Harbour, but this is something she vehemently denies. Of the jury members, our initial focus is Georgina. Uh, she arrives at court in an interesting sort of clothing ensemble. Uh, <laughs> she's ultimately recruited as one of the two alternates on the jury, meaning this series should be called The 14 rather than yep, The 12. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. My first complaint. Uh, despite being put on the jury, Georgina lies to her husband regarding this, and we later learn that their marriage isn't as perfect as it may seem to outsiders. We also meet some of the other jurors. We've got Corrie, who's this really sort of well-off lady. She's in the middle of selling, I think it's her parents' house. She becomes the jury for person. And we've also got Jared, who's an Indigenous uh, student who has got a university scholarship. So as the drama goes on, we see the lives of the jury intersect with early parts of the trial. Uh, some of the members of the jury struggle to balance their preconceived ideas about the case uh, with the evidence that's being offered up. Um, I'll go to Gary on this first, because I know, Gary, uh, we talked about you doing jury duty before. Yeah. Um, you're the only one experienced of jury duties. How do you think they depicted the jury? And what did you think of the drama as a whole? I've done jury duty twice one of which where I was a full person and the second one was a murder case at the Old Bailey. Um, So a similar, but obviously nowhere near as high profile. In my experience, it was very similar. You basically put in a room with 11 or 13 other people and you're kind of just left to sort of just get on with introducing yourself. They don't give you much instruction about what to do. They just say, follow the case. Here's your notebooks. So that brought back a few similarities. But obviously, one of the things that they did slightly differently was they introduced the jury to each other before the trial, which didn't happen in my situation. When you're your 12, you're only your 12 once the case finishes and you go into deliberation. You don't go into a room. You just go back to general populations. But again, that could be the difference between Australia and England. And of Mm -hmm. course, I did find it hilarious that they've called the programme the 12, but there's 14 of them, as Matt has said. And I can only imagine that at some point, two will go because otherwise it does seem a little bit silly i do think they are painting quite a good whodunit i think i can kind of think that down the line the body's going to be found maybe at a very inconvenient point for either the prosecution or the defense but they did a good job of keeping some things a mystery a bloke turns up in court and it unsettles kate but we don't know anything about it but it you know he walks into the courtroom kind of like a Looks kind of Aboriginal. Sorry, but not Gary, quite. wasn't it a woman? No, it was a man. I'm fairly sure. sure it was a man. But Sarah? I mean... Didn't care enough to notice. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> a person walked into the room, and, and, and we'll go with that. And there's obviously quite a lot of backstory with uh, the fact that obviously it's her niece that's died, and the parents are separated, and the husband has remarried, and there's lots of tension there. This is kind of wasted on ITVX. And I might go and check out the Belgian one because I have a feeling like it might be done a little bit better. Some of the character work is a little dodgy. I, I would say the way in which the jurors are quite tentative at the start is very realistic of my experience. And I was in a case for three weeks of deliberation. We were all living in it with you with his oh pockets. My God. Yeah, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. And, and have you, you thought of up... writing your own experience? As well, well, I, think no, I was, want to well, hear more about yours. Indeed. Well, I'll tell you off camera. I'm still not. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I suppose I don't know. What's but the yeah, statute of limitations on chit chat? There was one woman on our jury who, at one point, hid an iPad in oh. her bag, and after because we had to hand in all our phones, 
And she at one point got so bored with the liberation, she sort of tapped me on for and pulled out an iPad. And we we're like, what the hell do you think you're doing? She said, oh, yeah. I've got a room. And it's exactly what that bloke said. Oh, I've got to get on with some work. Mm. She said, there is that similarity. So if they were to put ITVX on the Sky Q box, for example, you would seek yeah, it out? I, I, I probably would. I mean, mm. just put it on ITV4, isn't that supposed Or ITV3, isn't that we're supposed to put crime on? Mm. Isn't the idea of ITV3 is crime dramas? Yeah. I did because you know I'm thorough and professional. Watch the the sort of the first bit of the Belgian drama as oh, okay. well, just to sort of compare and contrast. The case itself is a little bit different. It is a lady oh, okay. who's accused of murdering her daughter and also murdering her friend like 15 years earlier in 2000, and she was never found. But there are bits that they've lifted straight out of uh, the, the you know. So for example, we get the character of Georgina here. The scene with her struggling with her clothes, that's all in there. The scene where the, the Cory character is having fun up against the window, let's just say, that's in there. Um, the Georgina character as well in the Belgian drama is picked as an alternate, so there is a lot there. Right. I suppose a couple of things that I didn't mention, Sam Neill is in this as the oh, uh, yeah. defence barrister. He's the best thing about it because he's Sam Neill and he's very captivating and you would want him in your corner if you were accused of murder, I think. I think he's the big selling point here. Brooke Satchwell, who was my crush in Neighbours years ago when I was a teenager. Interesting character. You know, there's obviously like a domestic abuse plot going on there yeah. with her. There isn't like a Gary on this jury. Everyone has got sort of something going on. You know, yeah, every, a... it does seem like every single one of them is like a, a slightly a bit wrong or a bit... There's um, like a, a professional gambler who owes money and that is a trope that will continue. They're not into very this. good at listening to instructions either, are they? Don't no. anybody look this up on the internet. They're all straight back on their phones. Mm. Presumably they would have heard about it before the trial Well, yeah. There's hearing about it and then there's actually actively investigating what happened, mm. which is the line that you have to draw with juries. Yeah. I'll tell you what I thought when yeah, on, I realised we were getting backstories on the jurors. I was like, oh my God. I'm not going to remember all these people's names. <laughs> I'm not interested in their little lives. I couldn't cope with learning the names of everyone in the UK traitors, and those were actually compelling people to watch. It was 14 people. Maybe that's the shock twist. I have to care about 14 people and the murdered girl's family and the woman with the statement lip who's on trial. Just too much, I can't. And the, the lawyers as well. Oh, my God. No, it's too much. I just... <laughs> I just, no, no. There was nothing in it that made me go. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
oh yeah cool I want to find out more what happens to these people if it was just about the case yeah cool I'd probably watch that as like a police procedural but I can't even pretend to care about all these people <laughs> and he doesn't know whether it wants to be a police procedural or a, a legal mm. jury case a sort of soapy and, kind of thing yeah, with all of these people kind lives. of got stuck in the middle I would agree with that but then I mean, I, I get the impression this was far more popular in Australia than, than we're picking it up. I mean, it was on one of the major networks. Foxtel. There might have even been a bit of buzz about it over there, and I can see why. But I can also see why. I, I don't know. Well, I Sam Neill, you know. Well, exactly. Sam Neill was an Oscar winning, you know. No, he's not. But... Well, should have <laughs> been. Has it, has it done much TV? Because I know it's it's the fashion at the moment to try yeah. and get big Hollywood actors. The only thing TV I can think stuff. of is Peaky Blinders. That was the only thing that. Okay. He was yeah. in the first series of Peaky Blinders. He was Irish in that. He was something. In, uh, no, uh, I don't. You, you carry on. He's he's done something. <laughs> I would agree with you, Sarah. I, I didn't really have like a strong reaction to this. I think it just sort of blew over me a little bit. If that makes sense. Passed me by a little That's, bit. It yeah. does. It did feel like something where I could have one eye on the phone screen and one eye on the mm. TV, and that that's not enough to make it onto my list. I think the case itself is quite intriguing. You know, we're trying this lady for murder without a body. That's interesting. Yeah, I but thought that, that was interesting mm. because doesn't the prosecution say at one point that the aunt taught her about autoerotic asphyxiation mm, yes. which apparently is the method that killed her and I thought maybe I misheard maybe the body had been found and then later on they say no that the body definitely hasn't been found and I was like well that's a leap then isn't it yeah <laughs> I think that's the sure thing as, as well a, I'm not sure you have to a, make the these leaps allowed that in my courtroom you know, that they haven't got a body, but, you know, it is that sort of thing of trial by media a little bit. And obviously there are these sensational elements with the sexualization of a 14-year-old girl and how much was she corrupted and how much was she wanting to do it? Because you do see her in flashbacks not being yeah. nice to her parents. So it's that presentation of, of the victim as well. But just all the bits with the jurors... And having, as Sarah said, to remember so much and then not being particularly anything that you haven't seen before, you know, none of them were compelling. I think the case itself was, I'm with Sarah, it just didn't really make a strong impression on me. And Gary, Sam Neill? Sam Neill, uh, I'm Right, which I don't often get to say on this podcast was the lead in the 2012 television series Alcatraz mm. that was cancelled. It was one of the lost ones that came out afterwards where they time-travelled inside Alcatraz and there were lots of former prisoners that got out that had been there in the 50s. But again, he oh, was wow. the lead. Hurley but, you know, from Lost was in there? I, think, I believe so, yes. And Carmen Denagra? Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Your knowledge is good, but you've forgotten about the programme, so no points mm. for you. I think if the show had been on a better channel, I might have gone through because there's an interest in who done it and how they're going to handle the legal side of it. I'm guessing that two of the jurors end up getting I mean, I'm, I'm quite guessing one of them might die and then one of them might get struck off either for looking up too much or for, you know, the guy with the dogs that's looking up the woman who owns the haulage company might get struck off for a bit side of, you know, inside. Of, I reckon you know, it would be the people that we haven't learned anything about who will probably end up leaving because what, like the eight? ones... Number eight, eight, yeah. oh, number eight will go exactly like, like the start of the traitors then gary you'd be good on the traitors you know i uh, no, i wouldn't i'd flake <laughs> i'm not as nasty as i come across on the podcast i think should they put this on a channel i can watch i wouldn't mind watching it but i ain't no. gonna be downloading anything off itvx for fear no. of it being a dodgy channel 
<laughs> I don't I don't want that on my cable bill, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, but if you did want to watch this, ITVX it is all there now. Now just to pull back the curtain a little bit. Normally, when we do uh, the the podcast, I will ask the contributors what they would like to set up. Both Gary and really? Sarah. That's never happened to me. I asked you earlier today. Oh, sorry. You mean what one of the? I thought <laughs> you meant one we of the get shows. To choose, I thought you meant we get to choose the shows we review. I oh no. no! No, no, no. That hasn't no, happened in years. Both Gary and Sarah came back with anything but our final show which is apple tv's <laughs> hello tomorrow which, <laughs> which you know I, i'm taking i'm intrigued the... to know if gary and i have similar reasons why we didn't want to set this up don't have a go at me if i uh, fumble then so this is set in the future but also looks like the 1950s it's very much a sort of retro world but set in the future focusing on a sales team who are selling timeshares on the moon. Lead salesperson is Jack Billings. He's played by Billy Crudup. They're selling like hope to people. This is a new beginning. You can live like the rich people who are the only people who are on the moon at the moment. The community itself is called The Bright Side. We've got, as well as Jack, we've got Shirley, who's this uh, forthright African-American lady. She is in a relationship with... The fast-talking gambling addict Eddie, who's played by Hank Azaria, despite her being married. And we've also got the newcomer Herb, who is sort of a rising star in this sales team. During the first episode, we also see uh, Jack's ex-partner being struck by a truck, which is driven by a black and white cartoon stalk. Yes, that does really happen. This leads to her being comatosed. And he reunites with his now adult son, Joey, but never says to Joey who he actually is. Joey attends one of the team sales meetings, initially signs up to get one of the timeshares. But when Jack learns about it, he uh, declines the sale, but later recruits him to be part of the sales team to spend more time with his son. As the episode ends, we learn that things may not be as they seem. We've got revelations about the unseen boss, uh, Mr. Jenkins, and also the lead spokesperson, uh, for the Brightside community, who is an actor called uh, Book Manzel, who people know from this TV show called Space Sheriff. So that's basically what happens in episode one. I'll go to Gary on this first, because this feels like it would be up your street. You know, you you mentioned at Christmas, the Orville, Avenue 5, you know, these things that have sort of links to sci-fi and space but i've got like a comedy edge to them i i was not a fan i'm no. not a fan of this kind of 50s look and very kind of americana type thing it felt like a non-animated version of the jetsons this whole idea where a future world where everything is possible and we can live on the dark side or the bright side of the moon and there's robots doing garbage collection and the robot barmaid who delivered the drink from her belly region then told the guy hi oh you my eyes are up here you know it was just so cheesy and corny that it didn't marry up with the sales side of it the sales side of it felt like the simpsons monorail episode you know where they're kind (laughs) of like selling the monorail to the idiots it felt really disconnected i don't know where the comedy was supposed to be there were no laugh out loud moments yes the killing that well i thought it was a killing i didn't realize she was Mm. just injured was dark and and, and black in its humor but really the rest of it was 
quite mundane and plodding. Awful dialogue. I think the only good exchange of dialogue was in the bar where he was trying to convince the guy about going to the moon. That was clever kind of like techniques of trying to get alongside him by Billy Crudup. But no, didn't like it at all. The science fiction stuff at the end came far too late. That a bloke from The Wire, one of the detectives, one of the sergeants. Frankie Faison is the actor. Thank you. And he came on live from the moon. And you could tell even with the bad technology, he wasn't live from the moon. You know, it was so badly done. I got no enjoyment from this whatsoever. What was the reason you didn't want to set it up? And we'll see if it was the same reason as set. <laughs> I couldn't really do it justice like you did. I didn't really know what the show was mm. about. I didn't really know what to say. The, other than the main actor, I thought the rest were a bit poor. So I didn't really think good. Mm. I suppose the old adage my mum always said, if you've got nothing good to say, say nothing. Very similar. I mean, I get this is probably the point. A little like Severance. It's supposed to feel creepy. It's supposed to feel soulless. It's retro futuristic. It's America harking back to the 50s when everything was meant to be great. But actually, there's a hollow falseness at its core. Ugh, I just didn't like it at all. It was too creepy. It was too Jetsons. It was too Stepford Wives. It just felt hollow and hopeless throughout. Why am I watching something that feels hopeless? I can watch the news. <laughs> That's a good point. Honestly, I would just sum it up as creepy. It was creepy. The errant father's relationship with Joey is going to be creepy because the ex is in a coma and Joey has been given a job but doesn't know who this guy is. The whole sales techniques, creepy. I wasn't rooting for anybody. Mm. Just didn't like it in any way. And I know that it's supposed to feel unsettling, but it was mm. too unsettling. And I, therefore, I didn't want to go on a journey with these characters. That's fair. Some of the futuristic, like, if, it, if we're in the future, why are they all still driving 1950s American cars? I you think know, it's I, meant to be an alternate America. That's yeah. what I, I know, wrote it down. It's meant to be incongruous, I think. That ending, did you get that actually this timeshare doesn't exist? That they're sort yeah. of all... Oh, 100%, yeah. I already thought that from a lot of the things on the mm. way, that either A, the timeshare didn't exist or it wasn't built yet. If you accepted it, your money was getting taken and you were going somewhere that was not... Yeah, the like a pyramid scheme. They're, they're, yeah. Maybe there are no rich people Well, like I the say, movie. the Simpsons Maybe monorail. they're just... Yeah, exactly, the monorail. They're using all of these regular Joe's money to... I don't know, do something with, but it certainly ain't this. I got that impression from the very start as, yeah. as he approaches yeah. the hopeless man in the bar. At the same time, he's the only one who definitely knows this as well, isn't yeah. he, Jack? Because I think he's stringing along everyone else. They think there is yeah. a Mr. Jenkins, which there yeah. isn't. Because and... he gets rocks out of the turtle tank yeah. and gives it to them and they all hold them as if they are precious objects because they do think those little pieces of rock have come from the moon. I saw the trailer for this and from what I saw, I thought it was this is the start of the space race. You know, these people are selling these timeshares that they will exist at some point. That is what I thought when I saw the trailer. So completely different from what I thought I would be watching. It was odd, that first scene where he's in the diner, it really sort of just alienated me because Billy Crudup has this way of talking which is really low and you have to sort of concentrate on exactly what he's saying. You know, once you learn about the team and the dynamics and 
you got a little bit more in there. I was a bit more intrigued. I will give this another go just because it feels quite unique. It's not something oh, it I've seen before. Oh, definitely is that. Yeah, definitely. I think I liked the triple reveal of, you know, because, Gary, I'm like you. I didn't think that the Frankie Vazon character was yeah. actually on the moon. But the sort of the reveal that, you know, the boss was a tortoise and the... the, the uh, but the, this just the, reminds the... me, a few years ago, we were watching, like, this feels like going for a genre, and then they do something really outlandish that doesn't make sense. Do you remember a couple of years ago when we were doing the whole Nordic Noir, and there was a drama where a woman infused herself with weeds and plants or something? George Scott. That's it, yeah, and it's like... Oh, then a minute, we really are scraping the bottom mm. of the creative barrel Pl- here. Plant woman, yeah. It's odd. It's certainly, I can see it's off-putting and I can see where you're both coming from. But I think I want to give it, you know, okay. at least one more episode because they're only half hours. What Apple TV do with all of their shows is they put the first three and then it's a weekly thing. So mm. you have to maybe take that three maybe together. Which of which, which the half hour one is quite a good tactic. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Not that I give credence to anyone else's reviews apart from the custardtv.com, but uh, Hello Tomorrow is the Guardian's pick of the week for this week. Mm. Well, I won't be buying the Guardian this week. Because well, I think they just have to pick something. I think that's the thing, you yeah. know, like... Do you think me, maybe they've picked least worst? <laughs> when I put the shows together for the podcast, you know, it's like, what can we watch? And actually, you know, I was looking forward to this. I don't think it met my expectations, but at the same time... You're going to remember this even if you didn't like it. You know, you are going to sort of think. I have to say that, you know, there was like a featurette on the Apple TV YouTube and they did concentrate a lot on the practical effects, the robots, the vintage stuff. But yeah, and there's like bits that they haven't done yet. There's an actress called Alison Pill who plays a main character in this and she wasn't in the first episode. So there's bits of the story that they haven't gone into very much an introductory episode like we said with the gold so i will definitely be giving this at least one more episode but if it doesn't wow me after that then i think i will give up but that's sort of where i am hey matt after you've watched this episode where might i go to find out what you thought of the show what the custom tv podcast well no 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 like 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 <laughs> if you watch the second episode where might i go about whether you're going to carry on, like maybe Twitter or something. If well, we at Mark's okay. TV Bites is my Twitter. At the Custard, at Luke Custard TV is Luke's Twitter, and at Custard TV Pod is for the podcast. Mine is at the Gary Show, where you can read so sense and, about Spurs, isn't common it? sense, and football, and occasionally. <laughs> and tonight, the Super Bowl. There'll be a bit better. Okay, that. there you go. And, Sarah... and I will let you know if better is getting better at Sarah Hansdera on Twitter. There's okay. that clap I never gave you earlier, Sarah. That was a lot better. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks. There's a lot better. A lot better. The better. Thank you. The better puns. Next week, we will be talking about another ITVX show, which is called You and Me. And also, Fleischman is in Trouble, which is on Disney Plus. But from uh, me and the guys, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.